to People Like Us, a podcast for and about third culture kids everywhere. I'm Jen Mohindra. I'm also a TCK and I have a Facebook group for TCK adults called, unsurprisingly, People Like Us. Hello, and in today's episode of People Like Us, I'm very happy to be with TL Mazumdar. Hi, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me. I'm good, Jen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, pleasure. So, of course, the first question, as always, is would you like to tell me about where you grew up? Hmm. I got. I, I got to jump in. Do would I like? Do 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 third cultures kid like to um, talk about where they grew up? Um, I'm I'm sure. I don't usually answer questions with the questions, and don't mean to be rude. I I just had to pick up on that. Usually, when people would ask me that, I probably wouldn't like to actually talk about where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to a fellow TCK, there's a whole different story. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born in uh, um, Calcutta, India. Um, my parents were um, my parents were actually Bangladeshi refugees who uh, uh, moved to uh, this part of what became went on to become the Republic of India. Mm-hmm. Um, so our family's been removed for a couple of generations now, anyways. And I was born here and left uh, when I was seven months old. So I was just about born here mm-hmm. uh, in Calcutta. I say here because I actually happen to be here uh, in Calcutta right now as we speak. Uh, after which, the rest of my uh, childhood, um, up until I was eight, was just one constant um, circle of living between Brace yourself, Libya, Benghazi, Benghazi, um, London, and Germany. Um, I'll uh, I'll try and explain how exactly that particular constellation came about. So this was obvious. This was obviously pre-internet, and my parents, uh, both of whom were just really young doctors who were fresh out of college, um, had no idea they were moving to uh, dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their defense, they were also treated really well. They were just uh, given posts as uh, medical professionals and professors even eventually at the university. So uh, they moved to this dictatorial, uh, basically a dictatorship, having no clue uh, what exactly what there was going on in the country. Um, and you know, expats, uh, I'm not sure that term's the best to use in this case, or generally ever. Mm-hmm. were treated really well, like highly qualified personnel who'd be hired for the country at the time. They'd be kept like in parallel universes, very out of touch with the rest of the ongoings, um, and they'd be um, treated really well. So they actually had really good memories up until they realized, oh my God, we're in the middle of a dictatorship. That's a whole different story altogether. Um, and since Libya didn't actually have like an immigration program per se all of your um, paperwork had to be kept in London this was the system they would work with in the UK uh, so that's where uh, part of our base would be then we'd be shuffling in between and I have family in Germany uh, uh, which is now my passport country 
um, my uncles have been living there since the 40s, since the mid 40s, just fresh post-World War. Um, and so that's that's kind of the circle we keep living in, you know. So they work in Libya, uh, spend some time in London, visit our family in Germany, and back to Libya, and that was the basic rhythm of my lifestyle the first five years. Mm-hmm. And then after after that, um, at um, at about five, we moved long term to London. Um, which where we lived for about a couple of years. That was the first time in my life I actually stayed in one location for uh, an extended period, which is why looking back, even though two years isn't the longest of time, especially in comparison to a lot of other third culture kids I talk to, for me, London's always been home. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually been the first uh, city I, I had. I had a life in, like an extended life in, in, in away from. When I was uh, about, and this part is slightly blurry. Uh, interesting enough, all three of us in the family actually kind of different versions of exactly when the more long-term move to my ancestral country happened in India. I say it's around um, seven. Um, if, if many serves me well, because um, even when my parents moved back to our ancestral country, we weren't staying in one city. They were working and traveling in different parts of the country. Uh, so we moved to South India for a year, or maybe longer, and eventually back to Calcutta. And. That's where I spend most of my adults and years afterwards. So quite a lot of moving around then as a as a very small youngster from Libya, from Calcutta to Libya with sort of touring and throwing to London, Germany, a couple of years in, in London and then on yeah. to India. So moving from London to India must have been quite a change for you. What yep. Um, uh, that change, that move. Yeah, I'm. I'm very uh, impressed and relieved you picked up on that because a lot of people. Uh, sometimes people will ask me, "What was it like moving uh, around in all those countries?" Well, doing the initial six part my my childhood. Those were actually the easiest. Those were those. Those were the probably the happiest times of my childhood. Um, it's exactly when my parents decided to move back to what for them is their homeland and for me only my ancestral country that things started to get a little funky because um, um, this was also a very different India this was way before globalization hit India the way it has today I think things might have been a lot different if I'd moved back to India today as a seven or eight year old um, but so a couple of things. My dad has to had this thing about he really wanted to give me a very local, real uh, growing up experience. So instead of putting me in what most people were doing at the time, most of my friends and their parents, instead of putting me into an international school, he put me in like one of the most conservative 
Bengali school you can possibly imagine uh, once we got back here to Calcutta. And it was, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare, really. So I'm, I'm guessing to be in a, a local school with Bengali kids that they would have been, uh, as we would say, sort of more mono, monocultural people, whereas you would have this Absolutely. sort of transient upbringing. So how did you fit in? I didn't. I never did. I never. You didn't. No, I've never fit in, fit into Calcutta. Um, and I think at some point I just really accepted that and owned it and declared it in a very public way. After which I started really loving this city. So I love this city now, today, but on my own terms. And uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of work in a lot of ways. Uh, let me, let me, I'm going to try and focus in a little more on your question. I, I never fit in and that's uh, exactly it. Um, and my teenage years were pretty intense. My mental health was um, quite, well, was near suicidal really. Um, um, I was severely obese, uh, suffering from depression. And this was an era where mental health wasn't even, wasn't even a terminology, at least in most common uh, circles, especially in South Asia. Mm. Um, well, South Asian circles, anyway, to the best of my experience. So uh, it was uh, it was tough. And to add to that, my relationship with my dad, I mean, I love the guy, has always been a constant uh, struggle, really. Because he lost his father really young. He was basically raised by his older brother. So um, our relationship's almost more like... <laughs> He, he acts more like an older brother would than a dad at times. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he um, primarily, uh, in hindsight, I realized that I think the most painful part, part for me to deal with was not the fact that my surroundings were as alien as much, but instead of having my back, my dad would keep... Um, implying that I should try harder to fit in, you know, I'm the problem. Um, well, I really went, I really went straight to the point on the daddy issues there, but, um, but, but, <laughs> and, just, and did you have yeah. siblings growing up as well? I didn't, I didn't. That might have made things uh, a little easier. I did have a cousin though, who I'd say is as good as a brother because he was going through the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, we'd hang out in Europe uh, together and his parents had made the same move back. So, which is why we do, I'd say, uh, share a special bond. Uh, I did okay. have some, some form of uh, kinship in him. But uh, no, at the end of the day, I was an only child and I uh, do display some classics traits of the same I'd say. So what do you think helped you the most to get out of that difficult time that you described? Um, my escape, my, uh, I say savior, but that sounds so melodramatic, um, but my uh, lifeline I'd say was music, mm -hmm. I think, which is why I eventually went on to uh, study, uh, will become a professional musician, really. Um, 
That being said, I, I ought to put in, though, and this isn't guilt speaking, I just think it's fair to say, even though my parents didn't do a great job of understanding what was going on, they were really loving parents. So that's the one thing I never missed, you know. They'd, uh, they'd have my back. They wouldn't have any clue what's that, what I'm going through, but they'd really, you know, they'd give, give me a feeling of, uh, okay, you know, no matter what, we, we got you even though it wasn't in such uh, the, the manner in which they communicate that was probably uh, not always very easy for me to decipher, but I, I could I would feel the core message of that. Uh, so that helped. And then eventually uh, music uh, was what kind of gave me that common thread amidst all the different worlds that would you know, uh, go on in my head. You know, just, sorry, keep going. But so it sounds like you had a supportive environment with, with your parents, but perhaps a little lack of understanding of what you were going through having had to make all these moves growing up. Thanks for that. Um, I'd say there was a genuine um, intent to be supportive, mm. and but combined with severe lack of skills to exactly how to offer it. Though I got to come clean on that. So when you know, did then. you discover the term third culture kid? That's a good question. Um, I actually don't remember, but I do remember, I remember the root um, cause behind it. The one thing I've always felt really uncomfortable with is uh, identifying with nationality. The concept of nationality in itself has always been something I've always felt severe resistance towards from the time I can remember. So I think it might, it was probably having Googled some sentence about not identifying with nationality, which eventually got me uh, familiar with third culture kids and the entire theory behind it. Um, it's been about a little over a decade now. So, so um, let's say... 2007, eight. Mm -hmm. And how was it to find this, this tribe, this name for, for people like us? Pretty cathartic. I mean, we hear stories about how everything just kind of goes, aha, and then mm -hmm. it's actually as, as cheesy as it sounds, that's exactly how it is. Like, oh my God, the sin, you know, symptoms for lack of better terms like this is exactly me and it was also enormous relief just realizing that uh, you know, there actually are other people out there who think the same way or feel the same way more importantly so you mentioned um Sort of getting out of your difficult period and, and discovering music and, and taking that up as a profession. How do you th mm -hmm. think that your TCK upbringing has influenced your music? 
Mm. That's it's a tricky one. I get that question pretty often. Mm. Mm. Even though uh, the word TCK is necessarily always used. I would personally say, I, I, I think it's it's like a very, very accurate reflection of exactly what's gone on in my life. People have always, uh, especially uh, uh, the people in the industry have always struggled to define or find a label that best suits my music. At best, something like world music has been used every now and then, but you know, that is a whole different kind of worms, really. Um, I think the refusal to conform to um, certain formats and certain um, boxes people tend to be expected to conform to is something that definitely is inher inherently a part of my music as well. Mm -hmm. So I refuse to, I refuse to think in labels. Like I have a background in jazz and uh, some indie music and electronic music, and I've always interacted with these separate tribes who, in their own universes, do have pretty um, uh, what's the word can can be very conservative uh, in their mm -hmm. own perspective. And my work has always been some attempts to kind of bring these worlds together. It's and it's definitely a work in progress, FYI. Um, and I think that Severe needs to want to do that. You, you have to be crazy to you know dedicate your entire life to do that because <laughs> it's it's quite infuriating. But I think it's definitely a direct uh, manifestation of uh, what's been going on in my childhood. So. It's interesting what you say about. Um, people wanting to sort of put labels onto your music and, and you're not really fitting the, the boxes or the labels. And that's exactly us, isn't it? As TCKs, people want to put a label on you, you know, that the, the classic difficult TC question of where are you from? And when, when you give the response that doesn't fit their boxes, that, then yes, that, that can be quite challenging for people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think the one uh, interesting part I've noticed, though, this is kind of subtle to try and express. I remember my surprise at the my surprise at the realization of people's inherent need or society's inherent need to put labels on every little uh, or, or, or on a lot of things wasn't as severe as a lot of my peers once they you know once the realities of living your life as an artist kind of make themselves increasingly apparent i'm not sure if, if i said that right but i remember being a lot less surprised at how conservative uh, even so-called very open circles can be as far as labels are concerned whereas a lot of my artist peers uh, seem to be a lot more shocked than I was, and I remember noticing that inherent difference, the, the noticing the difference in tolerance levels. Now, that's probably not the right term to use, but just noticing, uh, just wondering, uh, well, I'm, I'm a lot less shocked at the state of affairs than a lot of 
these folk are and I wonder where that's coming from mm -hmm. and realizing oh well, this that's kind of been the story of my whole life really so I guess I've had an advantage um, developing those skills you know yeah. so in terms of um like friends mixing with other people who, who would you say you gravitate towards because there's often a you know this talk around you know should tck's have friends or or romantic partnerships with with monocultural people or should we just stick with tck's what do you you do oh jesus jury's definitely still out on that um I'm the classic chameleon without even realizing it. And I've, come, and, uh, and I've realized it now, and it's it's a lot of work to not hate myself for it now after all these years, you know, to remind myself it's, it's um, yeah, because a lot of my time is spent not beating myself up at all the time I've wasted not realizing it. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of so, the recent past has been a, a, a very, very intense attempt at uh, putting an end to that pattern because I'm tired of playing chameleon anymore. Uh, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And looking back on most of my relationships, all intimate relationships, and I can't friendships as well, I realized one of the major reasons a lot of them failed, well, most of them, the ones which failed, whatever failure means, is uh, a big part of that is um, I attracted pretension by pretending to be something uh, someone I wasn't, you know, without even realizing it. Uh, I'm not sure if that sounds too woo woo, but um, it's uh, it's just the way it is. I realize that you know a lot of the partners are attracted in my life, a lot of the friendships are attracted in my life, which ended badly have been because. They were obviously, they obviously thought I was someone I really wasn't, except by the time we both realized that it was um, already, yeah, it was already kind of over, really. Makes any sense. Friends are actually trickier in some ways, uh, especially after 2020. Uh, it's been a glaring ex expose on. Um, hmm severe self-doubt on how many friends I even have. At this point, there are days where I think I'm not sure I have any. To be absolutely sure. I'm kind of at a phase where, now where I'm trying to figure out what the word friend even means. Especially in this day and age with so many blurring lines uh, on relationships. And, you know, it's, um, it feels like a lot of work at this point. Mm -hmm. So, let me ask you something else. I know you're you're currently in Calcutta. Um, I think you mentioned Germany before, but where feels like home for you? Um, before 2020 hit, I'd have said London at the drop of a hat. Uh, it, it felt like the one city where all parts of me were at peace with each other. Mm -hmm. um, that's what London stood for to me. You know, you could be anyone, and you were just a Londoner. Um, London isn't itself right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I definitely can't say that right now. I hope to be able to say that someday again. I sincerely do. Um, of late, I felt very good in Berlin, which is when uh, switching base this year, uh, long term. 
as you probably know, there's lots of Londoners moving to Berlin right now as well for a while now as well. Um, to answer your question, though, and I'm, I know for a fact none will be surprised by this either. Um, everywhere and nowhere. Yes. The, the, the classic TTK yeah. answer, yes, of course. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't believe myself if I heard that, but it's actually true. And you know, the more, I, uh, the, the older I grow, the more the implications of that statement make themselves apparent. You know, wow, I mean, this is really different wiring up in our heads. We, you know, the, it it actually will never be possible to find or to feel completely at home in one single geographical location. There'll always be some part of me I'll be missing. But you can have multiple homes, right? Exactly, which is what I'm working on. I have been all this while. Which um, a lot of my work uh, has been location independent, and uh, my primary priority at this point is to make all of that fall into the same category, go completely location independent. Um, yeah, but mostly because uh, um, the idea of having to stay at one place the whole time, it's, it's really scary. It's really, really scary. <laughs> For sure. Um, so often when I ask people, when I say people, people like us, um, about what makes somewhere a home for them. And, you know, there might be differing responses. It could be the place, it's often the people. Um, for some, it might be to do with being in nature. Um, what I'm hearing from you is that your, your work, I think, am I correct in saying that your work influences your feeling at home in a place? Would that be fair to say? Oh, well, thanks for that. Uh, yes, uh, indeed. Now that you mention it, um, kind of had slipped my mind uh, in the sense um, I was about to say people and uh, loved ones. But now that you mention it, yeah, music definitely. But then again, at the risk of sounding a little woo-woo, I think for me, uh, if, 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 if it were one word, I would boil it down to it would be love. Oh God, that sounds, I know it sounds uh, cheesy, but where there's love uh, is home. And music for me has been, um, it's definitely given me a lot of love. I mean, that's an episode in itself, honestly, how that uh, fits in. Um, so um, Yes, music, my work, but my work isn't just my profession either. It's also really my, um, my relationship with music is the one relationship I know is legit. <laughs> the rest of it is all a work in progress. But this is the one relationship which seems to have worked out the whole time. So, yeah, where there's love, there's home. That's nice. It, it's interesting what, what you mentioned earlier also about um, had I asked you last year where felt like home you would have said London but because of the the global pandemic your feelings have changed around that and you know I come from a very similar position this time last year I too would have said London but since then I've relocated 
that's, I wouldn't say entirely due to the pandemic, but it's certainly changed the way that I feel about places. And if I think about London, then, you know, I used to love the culture, the socializing, the, the people there. But when you have those taken away from you, it kind of felt like a, a lot of buildings. Oh, I hear you. Absolutely. London's not the first place I've seen that happen. It might be the first, uh, the only city I identify with as home. But I've seen, I've seen the soul of a location change or leave. And that's what it feels like for me in London. Um, I don't want to encroach boundaries with regards to belief systems, but I'm using that as an analogy. It's like mm-hmm. London's left with its skeleton while its soul, I'm not sure where its soul is right now. <laughs> I'm hoping it's out there somewhere. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. we, we've almost come up to the end of our 30 minutes to chat today. And to finish these chats on a positive note. And so the question that I usually ask, and which I will ask you, is what do you think is one of the best things about being a TCK? There are so many. I want to nail this one. Hmm. I think an authentic and inherent um, ability to engage beyond cultural idiosyncrasies. Mm. Yes, I hear you. Just get straight to the point, you know. I, I don't care where someone else is from, you know. I either vibe with someone or I don't. I'm literally really not interested in where, you know, what labels they bring with them. Mm. If their energy is right, I'll vibe with them. If it's not, I don't, you know, I have nothing in common with them. End of. Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? When, when you strip down the labels, we're all people underneath. Exactly. Well... Um, thank you so much for your time today it's been a thank you and thank you pleasure is all mine honor is all mine and i hope to have you on my podcast soon absolutely i look forward to that thank you thanks for listening to people like us if you'd like to join an online community full of people like us hop over to facebook and search for people like us You'll find my group and you're very welcome to join us.